This is 99% Invisible. I'm Roman Mars. Ideas for magazine design that will blow his mind. Best cover ever. Finally, our guide to what readers want. You know the saying, you can't judge a book by its cover. With magazines, it's pretty much the opposite. That's Avery Truffleman. She works here. You can and you should judge a magazine by its cover. The story behind the cover that everyone is talking about. They want you to. Change your cover, change your life. The cover of the magazine is the unified identity for a whole host of ideas and authors and designers who've created the eclectic array of stories and articles and materials within each issue. And some would argue this identity extends to the reader as well. Magazine covers are very potent. So if you're holding a copy of Vogue, in the moment that you're seen with that, either by yourself or by your peers, then you are a Vogue reader. And this is different than being a Twilight reader or a Da Vinci Code reader. A book is a fixed moment in time, whereas a magazine is a constant source of ever-changing content. And that's why the design of a magazine is so challenging. Learn how this old publication got a fresh new look. Magazine covers are a composition of text and visuals that are designed to express a specific identity, month after month. Or week after week. You've got the logo, you've got the photograph, you've got color, you've got words. The secrets of magazine design, our expert reveals all. This is Andy. My name is Andy Cowles. I blog at coverthink.com, which is a blog all about covers. He also worked in creative at Marie Claire, Rolling Stone, and a whole bunch of other magazines, both in the United States and England. So he knows a thing or two about covers. Starting from the top, literally, because that's where the name of the magazine always is. When you see a magazine, the first thing you're asking the reader to do is just identify the brand. That's central. If that doesn't happen, everything else fails. And then you've got to show them that this is the new issue, the one they don't have yet. I think the best way to do this is with color. The reader might think, oh, the last one, if I recall, was green. This one is blue, so clearly it's different. Then, the photograph. Photograph is the thing that creates a really powerful emotional connection with the reader. You see somebody, you see the eye contact, and you recognize them as a celebrity. There's a very high level of engagement. But the photograph wasn't always part of the equation. The early magazine covers were, were essentially illustrated. And so you're looking at you know, Norman Rockwell, you're looking at the, the amazing art that was on the cover of Vogue, Harper's, you're looking at uh, paintings and drawings. And he had a few examples on hand, like this one. Man's Action, which has uh, you know, a red-headed woman in a short dress and what appears to be a ripped bodice tied to some sort of Indian totem pole. But th- these are paintings. Illustrated, like old movie posters. These are not celebrities, these are just paintings of scenes that might appear in the 60s man's fantasy. Men of the 60s were very imaginative. And beyond the men's magazines, a lot of major publications actually had cartoon mascots on the cover. Some of them persist today, like the Playboy Bunny, Mad Magazine's Alfred E. Newman, and the mascot of The New Yorker, the monocled Eustace Tilly. Even UK Vogue had an illustrated mascot, Ms. Exeter, an elegant 50-something woman who had an advice column about being a classy, classy dame. And Esquire had Esky, a mustachioed skirt chaser in a fedora. And a lot of Esquire covers featured him, until George Lois came along. George Lois was the pioneer in the industry. He was the guy who made magazine covers sexy. He revolutionized the cover of Esquire using big, bold, eye-catching photographs. You've probably seen some of these covers, or at least homages to them. He did one of Richard Nixon getting makeup put on him, one of Ed Sullivan wearing a Beatles wig. He did one of a beautiful woman shaving her face and a man putting on lipstick. 
For the 60s, these were shocking. Shocking. No more cartoon covers. The crazy thing was that Lois didn't even work for Esquire. My name is George Lois, and I never had a role at Esquire. He was an ad man. He was behind a lot of the most famous ads of all time. Iconic 60s posters for American Airlines, Xerox, and even political campaigns for candidates like Robert Kennedy and Ed Koch. Many people who have written about the covers call me the art director of Esquire. I was never the art director of Esquire. I just did their covers. In 1962, Harold Hayes, head editor of Esquire magazine, asked Lois to do a cover for him. And as Lois tells the story, Hayes needed a cover from him in three days. You know, he gave me a description of, uh, you know, 20 things in the magazine. Then he said, oh, yeah, we're doing a spread. We have a photograph of Floyd Patterson, a photograph of Sonny Liston. Floyd Patterson versus Sonny Liston. This was the upcoming heavyweight fight. The issue was going to come out before the fight, and everyone was predicting that Patterson would win. And Lois did a really gutsy thing. Three days later, I delivered him a cover where I showed somebody who looked like Floyd Patterson laying flat on his back, dead in the ring, predicting that it was Floyd Patterson was going to get knocked out. So there was a good chance that Esquire would be wrong. And this could make the magazine look really bad. So bad. Can you imagine a major publication that predicted the wrong outcome of a huge heavyweight fight? Oh my God, so embarrassing. But Harold Hayes, the editor of Esquire, went along with it. And Lois actually called it. So in any way, the point is that Patterson uh, got knocked out after the issue came out. And everybody in America went crazy over it. They sold an extra 400,000 copies, like 400,000 copies on a newsstand. I think they would have sold 800,000 had he got it wrong. And I did covers for the next nine, ten years. Lois went on to create a catalog of 92 Esquire covers, most of them just as eye-catching and controversial as his first. I think that because George Lois was like a, an ad guy, um, he was able to see the potential of the brand with the widest possible vision. And it was he who ushered in this age of magazine covers being a sort of a powerful presentation of an idea more than just what happened to be in the magazine. One big stark image with little or no text. They look almost like wall posters. And now many of them are in the permanent collection in the Museum of Modern Art in New York. It's, it's radical and amazing work. And of course, he had a lot to deal with. The Vietnam War, for starters, and probably finishes. You know, his, his Muhammad Ali cover is one of, the, one of the greatest magazine covers of all time. Best cover ever. If you've seen any of Lois's covers or variations of his covers, it's probably this one. The cover is almost completely white with Muhammad Ali shirtless, pierced all over his body with arrows, like a martyr. By refusing military service as a conscientious objector because of his new religion, he was sentenced to jail and then he was stripped of all his titles and he was condemned as a draft dodger and even a traitor. And so the idea of this cover was to suggest that he was a martyr to his religion. But the extraordinary thing about this image here is that the martyr they choose to model the photograph on is a Christian martyr. Specifically, St. Sebastian, as portrayed in oil paintings by Andrea del Castaño. St. Sebastian, by the way, is also the patron saint of sports. Andy recounts the story as George Lois described it in his book. Muhammad Ali had to get on the phone with his religious leader, Elijah Muhammad, and Muhammad Ali had to explain the painting on which this photograph would be based in excruciating detail because Muhammad Ali was concerned about the propriety of using a Christian source for the portrayal of his martyrdom. And finally, he put George Lois 
who's a non-practicing Greek Orthodox, on the phone. After a lengthy theological discussion, Elijah Muhammad gave George Lois his okay. George exhaled and shot this portrait of a deified man against the authorities. That's a hell of a lot of symbolism. Change your cover, change your life. And then came Cosmo. In 1965, Cosmopolitan ushered in the era of the cover line. The cover line, yes. Cover lines, the words. 26 sex positions we must try this weekend. Cosmopolitan wasn't the first to use text on the cover. But they were the first to use it really provocatively. 26 text positions you must try this weekend. And they set the standard template for what a newsstand magazine looks like today. Girls straight through the middle, cover lines left and right. It's a traditional donut. Donut is not standard industry lingo or anything. It's not a widely used term, but it's the girl through the middle. You've got the tight range left on one side and the tight range right on the other side. The masthead across the top, perhaps a big line across the bottom. Covers focused on words after the 1960s. That's where the cover line comes in. That's where you start making very explicit promises to readers. And you take the reader's trust in your brand that you can deliver them. Promises like... 14 things you can do tonight that will save your marriage. Or... 547 style ideas. 621 ways to get the most out of your look. Seven easy ways to beat stress. Hook them in with the cover lines, located very strategically. There's tremendous debate amongst editors and art directors as to how to maximize the value of the key pieces of real estate of a magazine front cover. And these key pieces of real estate vary depending on the kind of magazine. Celebrity weeklies always have their big cover lines splashed across the middle. And it's yellow. It's always just, it's yellow. Because yellow pops on newsstand. And, you know, it's got a very high color value, uh, a very low tonal value. In fact, the whole weekly market relies on yellow. If you look at uh, Us Weekly, People, Life and Style, in touch. Actually, that's not true. Life and style have taken the yellow splash away, and it now the type is now just white as they're trying to uh, present themselves as a slightly more fashion orientated celebrity news weekly. And for the more lifestyle oriented, the location of the most captivating cover lines is the so called hotspot. The hotspot immediately underneath the logo on the left hand side. Or the right hand side. Well, it depends on which country you're in. Much of this has to do with the way in which magazines are racked in the stands. Magazines are very much designed around their racks. Here in the UK, a lot of the magazines are shuffled. Only the left edge is revealed. So in England, you get most of your headlines on the left side or the leading left edge. British invasion, style from across the pond. Whereas in the USA, then there you have a waterfall presentation where you only see the top third. So we stick our best cover lines as high and close to the logo as we can on either side. US publications have many more cover lines than those in the UK. And that's purely because of the way in which they're stacked at retail. So magazines that don't rely on newsstand sales look very different from magazines that do. Titles like The Atlantic, Bloomberg, Time, The New Yorker, these mostly function on subscriber models. News-orientated magazines don't use the hotspot to the same extent because they're not dependent on newsstand sale. They are a little more Lois-esque, big photographs and pictures with not as much text. New Yorker covers harken back to a pre-1960s illustration model. Except when you encounter the New Yorker on the newsstand, in which case there's a little flap on the leading left edge with a list of contents. Finally, our guide to what readers want. Big pictures by themselves just don't sell like they used to. It's about volume of content. Magazines are expensive on newsstand. There's, there's a real job in reassuring readers that there's plenty to read inside. Hence the illegible cornucopia of cover lines on Esquire today. Yeah, okay, let's have, let's have a look. Uh, Squire, 2013. Yeah, there's a very foxy picture here of uh, Megan Fox. Check this. 
Now, I like this cover. I like, uh, I like this cover by the fact that you can barely read the cover lines. They're so tiny. They're just saying, relax, guys, there's loads of stuff in here. That design is the work of David Kirkarito. Learn how this old publication got a fresh new look. My name is David Kirkarito, and I'm the design director for Esquire magazine. The guy behind today's Esquire covers, which look nothing like Lois's. I'm responsible for the look of the magazine from cover to cover. My job is to pick photographers, pick all the images, pick the typography, pick the size of the typography, pick the color of the typography. The key word here is typography. My choice in typography definitely sets the tone for for the covers, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Kirkarito's style is loaded with words. New design. Cover. Magazine. Fresh. Expert. So overloaded that it explodes the donut. Cover. Everyone. Life. Readers. Secret. Style. Text is all over the cover. In front of the celebrity. Behind the celebrity. Handwritten. Scrawled on the sides. Much of it. Just completely illegible. A lot of text, yes. Yeah. In the sense that there's an overwhelming amount of text to, to, to illustrate that we have a ton of material inside the magazine. So much material that we can't possibly show it all to you on the cover, even though we'll try. The text and the image weave in and out of each other in such a way that the words almost become the image. What we've been doing is kind of overwhelming your senses with both the photography and the typography combined together. It's been a radical kind of thing on the newsstand. And this is Esquire's way of standing out from all the other magazines on the rack. But they don't stand out in the same way Lois's covers did in the 60s. We're a little more formulaic, but um, uh, yeah, we don't have the ability to do exactly what he did back in the day, if that's making any sense. It's hard to replicate designs from the 60s because the audience is not from the 60s. I think people are less shocked today than they were in the past. I think it's much harder to shock people. I think we've become so desensitized to to imagery that, it, that it's really hard, but it can still be done. I don't know. What's shocking now? Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. So Kim Kardashian and Kanye West it is. Celebrities sell. You know, celebrity nine out of ten times. I mean, we've been with that model for a really long time. Lois is not so certain that this is the way to get attention. Magazines have always played it safe, quote-unquote, by showing a famous person. Oh, wow, that's going to attract people, right? And uh, that kind of works if you're the only, if the only magazine in the world, but there's 150 magazines trying to choose the, the flavor of the month each month. George Lois is not amused. What these buffoons have done before and since, you know, uh, what everybody's done is, uh, I mean, look, you don't have to know anything about uh, magazines or about uh, anything. All you have to do is have a pair of eyes. You go to a newsstand and you take a glance at them. They all are incredibly inspired by me and their work sucks. And for George Lois, the solution is George Lois. I mean, they should look like my covers. But according to David Kirkarito, there's a reason they don't. There are certain rules to, to putting a magazine cover together. You know, you want your logo at the top, a picture of a celebrity looking directly into the camera. You want to put your most important cover line, your your words, on the upper left-hand side and the upper right-hand side. And And to be quite honest, you know, when everybody follows the same set of rules... Everybody looks the same. Kirkarito has messed with the standard layout, but he mostly sticks to the formula. Because this formula works. Or it has been working for a long time. The fact remains right now is that people are not buying a newsstand like they used to. They really aren't. You know, magazine sales, a newsstand are falling. 
you know, people are no longer in the habit or in, even have the need to wander into a news agent on a random basis and just pick up a magazine. They'll click on a magazine. You know, George, I'm, I've no doubt when he's been on your radio show, would be saying that all you have to do is put a, a really ass-tearing idea out there and a great photograph and really shock the socks off people and everything will be okay. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what he said. When you look at a magazine from 20 feet away, it should knock you on your ass. It's the same cover. I mean, you know, if it's not Clooney, it's, it's wannabe stars, it's stars, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they were all surrounded with five or six or seven or eight or nine, ten blurbs, you know, unreadable blurbs. But also what's terrible about the magazines, because the contents of the magazine, first of all, the layout, the design of every magazine these days, every page looks like a page from the Internet. It's jammed. I mean, it's jammed with what young people think is, uh, is information. It's just j- there's no white space, there's no pacing in the magazine, there's no artist, there's no, you turn to a page and 99% Invisible was produced this week by Avery Truffleman, Sam Greenspan, and me, Roman Mars. We are a project of 91.7, local public radio KALW in San Francisco, and produced out of the offices of ArcSign, a brilliant architecture firm that takes special pride in their collaborative approach, located in beautiful downtown Oakland, California. I can't tell if that gigantic bowl of gummy bears in their office means they really like gummy bears or they really don't like gummy bears. Support for 99% Invisible comes from our talented and lovely listeners. Yeah, I've noticed. And from Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own website or portfolio. I asked you to send me your Squarespace created sites, and this week, I want to direct your attention to themessageismediumrare.com which explores design lessons through the lens of hamburgers. So if you go to Super Duper and also think that those delicious free pickles are, quote, a sophisticated expression of thoughtful brand strategy, or that the extra lettuce on the Rome's Burger is okay, but good design should be more balanced, well, this is the website for you. To start your own website marrying the frivolous and the profound, go to squarespace.com and sign up for a free trial right now. And if you decide to purchase, use the offer code INVISIBLE and save 10%. That's squarespace.com and use the offer code INVISIBLE. Squarespace, everything you need to create an exceptional and exceptionally easy website. Ongoing and unwavering support is also provided by Tiny Letter. Email for people with something to say. My boy Maslow always has something to say. His magazine of choice? Oh, you know it by name. My favorite kind of magazine is Highlights. And what's your favorite part? The hidden picture puzzle. I asked him if the whole magazine would be better if it was just hidden picture puzzles, and he said, well, if you do that, adults won't like it. But he's wrong. Tinyletter.com. It's free, easy, minimal, and powerful. The simplest way to send an email newsletter. From the great people behind MailChimp. We are a founding member of Radiotopia from PRX, a collective of the most interesting, cutting-edge, audio-rich radio programs in the world. They're also all my friends, which is nice. Get in on the ground floor of a podcasting revolution at radiotopia.fm. Radiotopia from PRX is made possible with support from the Knight Foundation and our launch sponsor, MailChimp, who celebrate creativity, chaos, and teamwork. If you are interested in supporting this and other shows in Radiotopia, email sponsor at prx.org. You can find the show and like the show on Facebook. I tweet at Roman Mars, Sam tweets at Sam Listens, Avery tweets at Truffleman, but if you're interested in listening to the first 100 episodes of this program, each one a polished little gem of a radio story, 
go to 99pi.org. Laying it on thick today. Radio Tempia.